Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters on the scorching shores of Lake Washington where temperatures are probably in about the mid-80s for practice today and expected to get up into the low 90s for those out of town. Looks like we're going to have this little bit of a heat wave for the next few days till we start to cool down into the uh, 70s. But when we've talked to the coaches, Chris, you know, they always say that they'd prefer to have these hot days because when you take a look at the opening kickoff times for the first three games, they're all early. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be anywhere from noon to 2 or 3 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to be playing right in the, in the heat of it. And I think about 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon, I think it's supposed to be getting into the upper 80s. And so, yeah, so this is as good as it was the first week of camp like the first couple of days, this is as nice a weather that we've had. I mean, no wind. It was hot. I mean, all we were all scrambling for shade in the media. So, um, yeah, overall, fantastic day. Yeah, I was talking a little bit to the New Orleans Saints uh, uh, scout that was here. I said, how's this weather treating you? And he's talking about how humid it is back there. I said, you should be climatized. He goes, yeah, it's still hot while he was hiding underneath a tent in the shade. Well, the re- yeah, the rest of the country is going to look at mid-80s and see heat advisory, and they're going to laugh. But they don't know what the mid-80s to high-80s feels like here when you don't have air conditioning well plus plus it's just it's just a different kind of heat you don't it's not like a hot heat like or like a heat that would go through you or dry heat like down in the desert for instance but it's not super humid like it would be in the south either it's a it's just a different kind of heat full pads today we saw probably more contact today than we have in a while it wasn't a lot of contact but there was definitely more contact than probably what we've seen so there was yeah there was one main live um period that was a red zone period that looked really good. I thought Raylan Goforth had a couple stops, really imposed himself um, on that side of the ball. Uh, Dylan Morris had a really nice touchdown to uh, Jeremy Bernard. Um, I think it was either on third or fourth down. I can't remember. But um, overall, I thought the, again, I thought the offense started out well. I thought both Penix and, and Morris had bombs early to guys like Denzel Boston and Bernard, Jalen Polk, all had big touchdowns. But as it went on, you know, and we started to see more of those team opportunities with more red zone stuff where the, where the field is shrinking, I think you saw the defense really start to rise up and, and do things as you would expect them to do. We're on our eighth coaching staff, Chris. Can you recall a coaching staff that had an offense that threw the ball downfield as deep as often as this coaching staff? Well, there's no doubt that they've, they've made no secret out of the fact that they want to they go vertical. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams will tell you they want to go vertical, but these guys actually do it, and, they, and they're and they good at doing it. They're successful doing it. See, I think the difference is a lot of guys want to try to, to see if they can go four verts all the time and, and, and expand the, the field as much as possible. But these guys actually find a way to do it, and Ryan Grubb has been very successful finding guys open and, 
they have the players to get it done. I mean, even when we had Jacob Eason here who had that arm, you know, we were waiting for him to throw the long ball. Can you imagine Eason throwing the ball in this offense? Yeah, I can. But then again, there's there's a lot of things about this offense that don't necessarily jive with what uh, Eason's all about. Because, you know, you look at Penix, you look at Morris, those guys are getting rid of the ball quick. you got to be quick on the ball. you got to be really quick with, with your decision-making. You cannot be uh, indecisive in this offense. You've got to just you've got to see your reads, but you've also got to have the patience to let some things develop, especially down the field, and make things work. So yeah, I think Skinny could do a lot this offense. But I with think, that deep ball. But oh. I think that Michael Penix is even better. Yeah, what's well, and you know the other thing that uh, you know Michael Penix took a lot of reps today. You know, contrary to rumors that have been floating around, he did not have his arm amputated, so he was out there throwing a lot of balls and. Looked great today, and I'm still maintaining that Dylan Morris could start for half the football teams in this conference, as good as he's looked. He's, he's looked really, really good. There was a couple periods where he was as inconsistent as I've seen him in camp, where he you know, was a little hesitant on his decision-making. The ball was fluttering a little bit. But for the most part, I think he looked fantastic. And I don't know about you, Kim, but I fully expected to see a lot of Michael Penix today, especially after... Kalen DeBoer told you on Saturday that he went through the scrimmage, everything mm-hmm. was full to go, and so I expected to see a lot of Penix today as well, and, and so that was obviously good to see. Longest look we got today at uh, Dylan Johnson? At, with the ones especially, yes. I would say Dylan Johnson, Cameron Davis, and Will Nixon were the kind of the main guys out there. I thought uh, Daniel Ngata and uh, Sam Adams got some reps as well, and then Richard Newton kind of was, was bringing up the rear a little bit. But it was really good to see all those guys available, which I don't know if we've gotten a chance to see in the last week that much. We have not gotten a chance. You know, Sam Adams has done some conditioning at times. We haven't seen Newton as much as maybe we did earlier in camp. Um, and God has started to really show up a lot at the end of last week, but now he's kind of. it looks like he's kind of behind those first three guys right now. Yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see what he does. When I was talking to Thule a little bit, he was talking about how physical uh, Dylan Johnson was, and I'm not sure if they're not giving him as many because they know what they're getting in him and or if they're just kind of saving him because of his physical style and don't want him to go Richard Newton and get hurt again. Well, since we don't get a chance to see them for another week in terms of like first-hand viewing, I'll be very, very curious to see how much they ramp up his his reps because the way they used him today, Kim, it certainly felt like kind of the way they would ramp up a guy's reps if they're starting to kind of get him going, you know, like a guy that, you know, in two or three weeks he would be fully ready to go. But right now, to me, there's absolutely no question that it's Cameron Davis at the first team running back. And Will Nixon has done everything to kind of secure that number two spot right now. Yeah, uh, there's some guys out today. It was uh, thin at tight end, Chris. Uh, really thin at tight end. They were down three tight ends today. Now, Ryan Otten's been out for a while now, and um, I, I don't know when they're going to get him back. But it was it was not great today to see Josh Cuevas out as well as Quentin Moore. They were both on the sidelines. At least they were at practice. They were on the sidelines. Haven't seen Ryan in a while, though. Yeah, just uh, we got to be careful what we say. Uh, he's not in a boot. He's not limping, and we don't see him bandaged. So take yeah, that for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, worth. it's... I mean, and, and and it's nothing disciplinary. So it's, no, it's all good. no, no. He's just got to get better and just you Some, know, it is what it is. They but, have protocols. But I'll tell you what. I mean, they are as solid as any team in the Pac-12 right now with their top two tight ends, Jack Westover, Devin Cole. They're as they're as good as it gets, and they showed why today. I thought Westover had a couple really really good grabs, 
Um, you know, they had some situations with the referees out there today where he made one leaping grab and right against the defensive sideline. And defense was like, no, no, incomplete, incomplete. Referee, the, the, the line judge comes down, catch. You know, so it's... It was fun to see some of that stuff going on today, but but Culp and Westover continue to excel. Yeah, taking a look at the wide receiver depth, I mean, they have three that are obviously their top three in um, Jalen Polk, uh, Roman Dunsey, and Jalen McMillan, but uh, there's not much of a drop-off when you go to the next two. I would say that there's two in that next group, in Jer- Jeremy Bernard and Denzel Boston, and I think that those two are neck and neck as well. They are neck and neck, and Giles Jackson, I mean, they're, you know, they're, you know, I don't. I don't. I assume it's out there now because I think we've we've they've talked about it. But Giles Jackson redshirting, they've talked about it. So um, you know, Tayshawn Lyons is the true freshman that's really come through, and he's been getting a ton of reps with the twos. So he's that one that 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 may push up and may actually get more than four games as a true freshman this fall. I would think that both Keith Reynolds and Rasheed Williams will get those four games, but I don't think they're necessarily going to push those guys to play more than they have to unless, you know, uh, there's other reasons for that. And I think Giles Jackson will get four games as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, I know Giles is, you know, he's a little banged up and stuff, but he'll be ready to play. What's interesting is, you know, we had I had a talk with Asa Turner, and I asked him about the defense because I thought the defense played really well at times today. Um, they were mixing and matching and disguising things. And when I talked to Asa about that, he said that there's a lot more uh, deception and um, and trying to disguise things. It's a lot more so this year uh, than last. And I think that may have contributed to a little bit of Dylan's uh, period where he was off a little bit. But the defense inside and the pass rush looked really good today. Yeah, Kim, and this is the part where it's really tough to tell people what we can and can't say. Yeah. <laughs> because there's there is a lot of deception. There is a lot of things going on at the line of scrimmage and around with the defense where all of a sudden I'm looking at that thing going, yeah, that's that's unlike anything I've ever seen them try before. And they did some things on offense, especially down in the red zone, where it was like, oh, yeah, well, we can't talk about that. We can so, call, Well, we can just call I called it trick-a-rooski. Well, we well whatever some, you want. We have some trick-a-rooski today. Well, and the thing is, is that you know Ryan Grubb. You know every team that's prolific on offense is going to have their trick plays, their, their whatever you want to call them. And so they, had, they, they broke plenty of those out today. Um, but the defense had their version of trickeration or whatever as well. And um, it was interesting because Asa Turner and Dom Hampton, they weren't playing a ton. They played a, a bunch together, but then there were also periods where they one of them wouldn't be playing back there. So you got a lot of Cam, uh, Cameron Fabiculana playing. You got a bunch of Vincent Nunley playing out there. Michaela Steen, it was really good to see him back there after getting banged up a little bit last week. Um, you know, so those those guys were all mixing and matching. Obviously, tra- uh, um, Tristan Dunn's getting in there a, a ton as well. Um, Mish Powell, they're rotating guys in that way. In a lot of the red zone one-on-ones, because they had a really good red zone one-on-one sec- uh, section today. 
And I really thought Mish Powell showed up as, as a good one-on-one defender. Elijah Jackson, Jabbar Muhammad, Devon Banks, uh, Thaddeus Dixon. They all kind of do it in a little different ways. But I thought when they started getting, just in general, Kim, when the defense started getting pressed up into the, into the red zone a little bit and that, and that field started to shrink, I think that's when they really started to show up and make some plays. Yeah, taking a look at the depth at corner, you know, uh, Chuck Morrell pretty much said, you know, Jabbar, Jabbar Muhammad has that job on one side. Yeah. Does Elijah Jackson have it on the other side? It sure looked like he did today. Um, I, I think that both Thaddeus Dixon and Devon Banks did really, really good stuff today. I mean, at the end, you know, Devon Banks had a really good fill on a run and I just in general is looking more physical. And I've always, I've always been of the feeling that it, if he's feeling good and he's 100% and he's confident, he's as good as any of those defensive backs out there. Yeah. He's, he, he's, we know he's a ball hawk. I remember even when Jimmy Lake brought him in and talked about him that way, he was always the guy that was high up on the on the on the um, you know the interception board, takeaway board, things like that. He was always around the ball. He just couldn't stay healthy, but he looks healthy now. He's playing confident, so that's good. Thaddeus Dixon is as physical looking a corner as they've had in a little while. It feels like, you know, he he fits more the mold of a guy like a like a Jordan Miller, for instance, just a bigger guy. Um, you know, so they have different ways of doing yep. this thing out here, well, but it sure feels like Muhammad and Jackson are at the ones, and, and Banks and Thaddeus Dixon are at the two. And I talked to Juice after practice, and I asked him how he um, you know, would decide the starter on that side, and he said they have a board. They update every day. You're either going to move up or down depending on the practice, and it's all about making plays. So I asked him if I was on the board how I'd move up the board. He goes, you just got to make plays. I said, how do you move down the board? He goes, by not making plays. But he also said, you know, they're going to rotate uh, corners in. They'll play five, six, seven a game. Yeah, and they rotated in. I think, you know, they're legitimately three deep now because you talk about Muhammad and Jackson, and then you talk about Dixon and, and uh, Devon Banks. And right behind them is Javion Green and Darren Barkins. I think they're doing really good stuff. Yeah. We haven't even really talked much about Caleb Presley. We haven't talked much about Curly Reed. You know, so the, the true freshmen, I think, are, are definitely, uh, you know, lagging behind, as you would expect those guys to be because you're really in the dog days of camp right now. But yeah, I could see them. I could see them rotating in six guys in the fall because I think I think they could go six deep. I think they've got guys that have some experience and some know how. But I think after those first four, you're really you really need to see those next guys behind them step up and, and do some things. Just real quick, um, just you know, if uh, you were to close your eyes and you just had to make one statement today, what'd you take from practice today? Just that there was a lot of good, a lot of give and take. Just a lot of give and take. A lot of good stuff by the offense early. A lot of great stuff by the defense late. And again, it's hard to explain to people without being able to see it out there firsthand. But a lot of it is so situational. Like when they go live in the red zone, you would hopefully expect the defense to really kind of bend but don't break. And they did that for the most part. And to, and to me, I'd call it uh, progressing to a point of fine-tuning. We're less than a week away from game, game week. Yeah, but I think that's been kind of an overall theme, Kim, in my opinion, is that it feels like even from day one, and, and you know, remember when DeBoer said they're not 100 level anymore, they're like 200, 300 level stuff. Yeah. It almost, it's it's not, fine-tuning wouldn't be the right word to use in day one. Day 11, I think I agree, 100% fine-tuning, but I think it's it's been really fine-tuning in some fashion 
going all the way through fall camp here because the level of the level of execution and the level of competition from day one all the way through today has been at, at a much at, at an even higher level than it was last year. Yeah, we're gonna cut the short a little bit. I got to get out of here. We're a little short-handed today as well. So go ahead and just wrap it up, Chris. Well, no, like I said, fantastic day, beautiful skies, great uh, great day for a practice. Uh, got a ton in. I mean, they practiced for at least two and a half hours, if not more. So they got a lot in both sides. Ton of special teams work. They're they're always working a ton of special teams. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to show up once the games come around. But overall, great to see Penix again. Uh, Demo continues to get his things done. And hopefully by the time we get to see them in a week, so it'll be a week from tomorrow, Wednesday, is when we get to see them for the last time before games. Really hope to see a lot of those guys that were out today, hopefully see them back and rolling. I heard something today I've never heard before from a Husky football player. They they said the ice bath wasn't cold enough. Never hear that. <laughs> well, today I can understand it because this, I'm they, sure they were they, really, really hurting after that practice. Yeah, they said it wasn't cold enough. And just, you know, taking a look at this offense, it's almost like a Star Wars offense. They're going to score points. They are going to score points. So, um, you know, if they can run this offense, limit the turnovers, and then with the shortened games with uh, the new rules in place, I think it's going to be important. So it, it, I, and this offense looks as advanced as anything I've ever seen at U- University of Washington. Well, really, ho- I think – the one thing I think you can hope for if you're a Washington fan is that you really hope that the fact that they've been able to keep this starting five offensive line together and have them basically go through an entire spring and fall together, you've got to hope that that level of communication and their ability to talk and everything else is so on point that they should be able to slide protections, they should be able to work with Mike and Dylan to, to get what they need to get done up front. But I'm telling you right now, the way the defensive front was looking and the front seven and the different things that, that we're talking about yeah. with this trickeration and all this other stuff that they're trying to throw at those guys, they are getting a master's level education on trying to figure out how to stop that front. Because it's tough enough when you've got to work against a scheme that's maybe new to them or, or things of that nature. But when you add a trice, when you add a ZTF, you know, Zach Durfee got a lot of number one reps today. Uh, Asoa Afoa got a lot of number one reps today. But you talk about them in conjunction with MJ Ale, who's, who's still dom- he's just dominating right now. And Thule, who looks as good as, as he's ever looked. Um, that front seven looks phenomenal. And so even though they didn't like the linebackers today, even though they didn't have a Carson Bruner, for instance, those other four or five guys, they're just filling in like there's no, no drop-off. And uh, like I said, the front seven going up against the pass pro of Washington's offensive line, I think that's where we're going to see just how successful Washington's offense is going to be this fall. And just an early heads up for some people who are traveling from certain areas of uh, of Sound. I live down by the Seahawks facility, and uh, for the Tulsa game, 405 is going to be closed both ways, starting at Sunset Boulevard all the way down to Coal Creek. Last season when they did that, it took me over two hours to get to Husky Stadium. So uh, make plans in advance. That Tulsa game traffic will be an absolute nightmare. So that's week that's week two. two week, two. week two. You know, I may stay downtown Seattle because uh, it was so bad. So, hey, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fetters. Go dogs. <laughs>
From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.